the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. You guys, this is the last episode of Get Real for the Year, and we have Russell Dickerson joining us. He has had a huge explosive year. His song, Yours, is top five. He, his journey to getting a top five song is truly remarkable. He's so inspired by his calling, his walk with God, and he talks all about it. You will not want to miss this absolutely inspirational episode. Here is Russell Dickerson to kick off the last episode of Get Real for the Year. Well, hello, Russell Dickerson. Well, hello. How, How are you? I'm fantastic. Yeah? I'm happy to have you here because I've caught you in a brief little moment of time for you being home because you're on a whirlwind right now. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts, but it's all good. Living the dream, you get what you ask for, I guess. So what did you ask for? Uh, to play arenas and stadiums and have hits and, you know, do the country music life. Heck yes. Yeah. So, you're a Nashville native. I am. You're one of the few, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. You grew up in the country music capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Did you always know that you wanted to do country music and be a country music star? No. Not you really. Didn't. Well, there was like... So I was born in West Tennessee okay. and then moved to Nashville when I was 10. Okay. So, but still, like when you're 10, you don't really know what you want to do with your life. And so in the school systems here, it's not like everybody listens to country. Okay. Like, because I went, I grew up in Franklin. And so, like, it's like a, you know, Nashville's kind of a big city vibe going on. Totally. And so, I mean, there was kids listening to everything rap rock you know nirvana red hot chili peppers lil wayne lil like wayne. all that yeah eminem oh yeah like which, eight second yeah. did that come up when you were growing up growing up eight second eight seconds Mm-mm. eight mile eight mile oh god <laughs> <laughs> <A> little way <laughs> i combined the cowboy movie no and you combined the, the jake owen song oh yeah and eight that one ride. the oh, one yeah. where the guy died mm. in the bull riding movie okay anyway i'll eight have to mile. go check that one out is it on right. netflix it's yeah but i have the name <laughs> wrong um yeah eight mile but yeah just i mean there were so many different influences around and so what did you I gravitate kinda, towards what were you loving when you were growing up pretty much i mean red hot chili peppers blink 182 Nirvana, like, even, like, all the way to the super poppy, like, Britney Spears, like, we would just, like, I I didn't care. I just, like, (laughs) this music's cool, and I wanted to listen to it. But then, like, around when I started being able to drive was when I would, like, put that country CD in, and it, like, felt so good while you're driving Mm -hmm. and all that. And so all of that just kind of morphed into this sound that I just kind of... How would you describe your sound? Uh, super high energy and upbeat. But and that's just you. That's yeah. just you in general. Right, yeah. And you're like and the I'm happiest a... person to live on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Thank you. Yeah. That's sweet. You always are. You and your wife both are so happy. Y'all radiate happiness. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. You too. Look at that smile. <laughs> Come on. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so... 
just upbeat and energetic. Is it and important to you to be upbeat and happy? Is that a choice you make? I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, you just got to know that that is who you are. And even regardless of your surrounding situations, I'm like, okay, I have to get up at 4.30 a.m. for this flight. But, you know, I mean, I still don't let that ruin your day. Funny story. Okay. So, like, checking into the airport on my license, my picture is literally, like, and so, like the whenever, happiest picture in yeah, the world. Yeah. Do you have thumbs up in the picture? No. Oh. No. But can you want to get a close up of it? <laughs> mm hmm. Yes, definitely. Can you blur out my my number? <laughs> yeah. We can just put our finger over it. Can you get a close up of that? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, my license holds me accountable, you know, when that I'm at the, the when I'm checking into the airport desk. I'm happy. And I'm like, ugh. You know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you don't look like this in your picture. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're right. All right. So were your parents super happy growing up? What was your upbringing like? Do you have siblings? What was the environment yeah. of your childhood? Um, My dad is a music minister. Okay, so, so you that, grew up in the church. Yeah, so that we moved here for, my dad's still at the same church today. He's been there 20 years. And so... Yeah, we spent a lot of time, and uh, mm. that's like, when I think about my childhood, I think about growing up, like, literally in the church. And what was that like? Did you enjoy that? Oh, yeah. It was, because, like, I was surrounded by, you know, obviously great people, but, like, other kids who were in the same, like, scenario as me. Their parents worked at the church, and, you know, Dad was in choir rehearsal till 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night, and so, like... You just hung out. All, yeah, we just hung out with, like, all of those kids and, like, played hide-and-seek. So you're kind of, like, in and, a family commune, in a way. <laughs> I guess. Church commune. Like, not in a weird way. Not in a weird way. Like, in a, like you just have kids yeah. all around you mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. That's yeah, so was, fun. Yeah, it was cool. And then my little sister, she's eight years, seven and a half years younger than me, and she's amazing. Um, yeah. So when did you start to really full force pursue your dream of country music to the point where you're like, I'm not just going to sing in mm -hmm. church. I'm not just going to sing for fun. I'm actually going to go for this. And how did you start making your way into that career? Let's see. Honestly, there was, let's see, it was like 2007, really, because I had, like, after high school, senior year of high school, we, like, started this band. Okay. And, like, like what heavy were you rock. Called? Oh, you ready for it? <laughs> I'm embracing myself. Buried Under Broken Glass. Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> so angsty. Oh, man, you're feeling it. Yeah. Ugh. I was feeling, see. Buried growing, Under Broken Glass. Oh, yeah. So what like, were you trying to, what was the thought when you came up with that? What were you wanting people to think? It was just, like, that we were hardcore. And you're we feeling it. Around, yeah. You're getting to the heart of yeah. the real stuff. Yeah. We were just dealing with our teenage angst. Music's you know? a good way to deal with that. Yeah. And so we just played loud, annoying now music, <laughs> but that we thought Please was so cool. Did you make a CD? Yeah. <gasps> I know. I got to find it. I got to find that, that throwback. Are you kind of screaming in it? Is it one of I, those I kinds? wasn't the vocalist, actually. You weren't the no. vocalist. Well, I would like sing every once in a while, but I, I played guitar. Okay, so you yeah. didn't even start off as the vocalist. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay, then well, you're... not in that band. But you knew I all was... along you secretly <laughs> yeah, wanted to be the totally. vocalist. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, like in high school, I was in marching band. What'd you play? I snare drum. Nice. So I did that, and then we started this heavy rock band. And then after that, like around high school too, I started like leading worship for my youth group. So does Buried Under Broken Glass and worship leading, do they match? Is it the same kind of message? Or is it two different messages? Uh, yeah, it was kind of more two different messages. Not not messages, two different sounds. Okay. Like, yeah, because I wasn't really involved in writing any of the lyrics for Buried Under Broken Glass. <laughs> Buried Under Broken Glass. Wow. It's, I love it. I think that is such an it's epic me. name. Yeah, it's my story. Well, and you're going to go yeah. big, you know? Right. You're not going to half-ass this. Yeah, yeah. No. We're not going to get buried under rose petals. Oh, boring. <laughs> It's not hardcore. <laughs> um, but yeah, leading worship, and that was kind of, that's where I learned to play guitar. Okay. And then, like, being up in front of people and playing and singing, and then we did the band thing, and that was kind of like, I got <clears> the <throat> feel for, like, a show, and, like, people coming out to listen to this music, and I'm like, these people came to hear our songs. Yes. And so that, I kind of got hooked on that, and then... I was dating this girl in college who was raised on, like, the oldest, most traditional country music. And, like, that's what she did. And so I kind of, like, dove into that, too, and was, like, you know, listen to whatever she was listening to. And it was, like, old stuff. Like, I mean, Jim Reeves and, like, George Jones and, like, so many of these old, great traditional songs. And I just kind of, I got hooked on that for a while. And a lot of it because, like, the lower voices kind of, mm -hmm. I, could, I could relate with that and, you know, some Merle Haggard stuff. And, um, but, yeah, just, like, that's kind of what got me hooked on country music. And so then, you know, that took me, like, super far in the traditional realm of country. And so I started writing songs in that zone. Okay. And so it started out more traditional, and then I kind of came back to the center about, like, probably two, two or three years ago. Okay. And I was like, all right, like, that's cool, but I'm, I'm like, trying to do something over here. I'm not, okay. Like, I'm trying to do something different. But, like, right here is who I am. Is that and, when you birthed out all of these songs yeah. that are now your EP? Yeah. And okay. so that's when I started writing with Casey Brown and Parker Welling. <clears throat> the second song we wrote together ever was yours. And that's a really important special song for you because right. it's very personal. Yeah, yeah. And so I just kind of got back to the center of, it was like when I signed my first pub deal, I was in this like, before that I was kind of like Josh Turner vibe and like sing real low, okay. real country and all that Take stuff. it way down low. Yeah. yeah. And then I kind of went more to like, all right, well, I'm playing guitar too. So like kind of Keith Urban vibe and like I, I was trying to write the next Keith Urban song for myself. And it just, like, wasn't happening. Nothing was, nothing was like, catching. And then it's when I got with two of my best friends. Who knew you. Knew me. They knew my, you know, they knew me and Kaylee's relationship since before we were together. They knew Kaylee before I did. Did you meet your wife in college? Is yeah. that where y'all met? Mm -hmm. We met Belmont. Okay, y'all have, like, this epic love story. Y'all are one of the country music couples that I feel like is just a really <laughs> great example of... True love, and yeah. you are happy to 
like display her in your oh, yeah. songs and you're not ashamed. Like back in the day, I feel like people tried to hide yeah, their relationships. Totally. But that is not your vibe at all, which I think is amazing. Yeah. So tell me about how you met your wife and how she has influenced your music so much. We met, we were kind of, we were dating other people. And so we don't really, there wasn't like this, like love at first sight kind of thing. Y'all were both dating other people. Yeah. When y'all met. Okay, so mm -hmm. you kind of met in the friend zone. Met in the friend zone. We were in the same kind of friend group. In and school. Then, mm -hmm. And then uh, we actually had the same voice teacher. So she sings mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Okay. She Will you does, ever duet well, with her? Was, I mean, I would, but I feel like <laughs> she's like never really come around. She's. I feel like she's starting to come around to this whole the singing thing, but not, I mean, I don't think she, she's not trying to pursue it. That's why she started doing photography. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we had the same voice teacher and just kind of met and hang out and ended up breaking up with those people. And When you met her, were you kind of like, she's cute? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then, but, like, it wasn't this, like, moment. We just kind of grew as, like, friends first in the same group and then just kind of naturally gravitated towards each other. And we're like, hey, we kind of like hanging out with each other and then, you know. Had our first kiss and it was like how was that? Oh, it was good. It was honestly like where was how'd you had that all happen? It was at like a Belmont graduation party. Oh. And like not in like a can you say douchey on here? Yeah. Okay, not in like a douchey way, but like <laughs> I had never really like gone in for that super vulnerable first that's nerve wracking. Yeah. Because what if you get rejected? Because you have right. been friends now for a while. Yeah. You're cool in the friend zone, so going yeah. in for the kiss well, even is like, kind yeah. of... Oh. Even like a... Yeah, exactly. Like what if all but of a like, sudden it doesn't work out? Yeah. Or she's like, what are you doing? We we're, were friends. friends. <laughs> you ruined everything. Yeah. Oh, that's a vulnerable yeah. spot and for you. And so it was, like, it was like my first like 100% to zero, you know. Was me. your heart racing? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you get the nerve to do it? Well, like, I told her, I was like, you know, it's usually like a meet in the middle kind of thing. And she's like, not here. She's like, you're going to have to kiss me. Well, at least and, you know you're talking about it. Right. So she's yeah, open to it. Yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, it was just like, dang. Like, I'll, I'll never forget that. And so we dated for like two, two and a half years. And... Got married in 2013, May 5th. Nice. Four years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's really, I mean, a huge part of, of this whole thing because we didn't, we had nothing going on for like the first two years of our marriage. Like we made literally our first year of marriage, I think we made $12,000. So how do you stay afloat? Uh, she would do like <laughs> photography jobs. <laughs> And, like, living off some wedding money we had. Isn't I mean, it kind it was, of awesome to start off like oh, that? Oh, yeah. If you can make it through those really hungry years where neither one has anything to show for themselves yet, right. that's true love. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, like, we had nowhere to be, nothing to do. Like, I wasn't <laughs> playing. I wasn't really playing shows. But you're like, like, I'm available. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, call me. I'm ready to play some shows. Um, so how did you move? Past that, not having anywhere to be, anything to do, that cracks me up that you said it like that. Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> like, like, totally ready. No one was really, like, <laughs> trying to write songs with me. I had nothing going on. <laughs> for real. And so how did you break out of that place? Well, I, I just, honestly, I started kind of just 
making my own tracks and kind of producing my own stuff. Don't you think it um, always, when you self-start, it yeah. always creates a ripple effect? Yeah. So you're finally like, okay, listen, I, I'm not going to wait for Jeffrey Steele to call me. I'm just right. going to go ahead and start making my own yeah. stuff. <laughs> Which, funny story, okay. because that was my next deal. Was it with Jeffrey Steele? Well, it was in a roundabout way. Anyone listening, Jeffrey Steele is one of the biggest songwriters in Nashville. Of all time. Of all Love times. Love you, bro. Amazing. Um, it wasn't directly with him, but he was he was pretty involved. And so, but yeah, so those first years. What are you thinking in those years? I'm like, when is it going to happen? Like, when am are I going to. Are you stressing out? Because you got a new wife now. Kinda, are you worried yeah, or are you yeah. peaceful about it? Like, I kind of, I go back and forth. Like, honestly, there were times when I'm like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I'm a country artist, but like. I'm not writing songs right now. I'm not playing shows. I'm not like, what am I doing? And like looking back, it was like the most foundational time of our marriage to like just really be with each other, not have to be here, be there like we are now. Like, like you really, you really built a strong foundation. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so it wasn't built around like me already being successful, and then she comes in and like you know, enters into this lifestyle immediately. Mm -hmm. It was like, we're in this together. Like, we're broke together. And now we're, you know, getting our first little taste of success together. And That's awesome. Yeah. And she, it's not like she was just, like, there. She's, like, helping me. She shot the music video for yours. Which, yours music video, first off, the whole song is about her, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. I love it. And then I feel like there's this really subtle depth to it because you're walking down this road mm. and you're just sort of like proclaiming your heart to the wild open yeah kind of describing who you are and then at one point it's raining and it's all about finding love it also has a god connection mm -hmm. explain to me yours and why this is such an important song to you um it was it was kind of really the first true love song that i wrote like from the bottom of who I am about the woman I love. And <clears throat> and it was it was really easy to do because it was with some of my best friends who knew who know her. So you could be vulnerable. Me. Yeah. But you didn't it wasn't even vulnerable. You could just be yourself. Be be real and then but then if like not writing yours, but like if there's other times like, yeah, that's not really you, bro. And I'm like, Yeah, Thanks. you're right. Thank you for knowing yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> And so, but yeah, writing yours, it was, it was just this kind of like, I had the idea, just the title, very simple, yours. And I was like, I was this before you, I was this before you, but now I'm yours. And it's like, so what were you before? This little twist, like talking about a boat stuck in a bottle, like it just, I don't know, I was selfish and like, as far as relationships go, yeah, just selfish and like that whole first kiss thing, like, I don't even make the first move, like, I never make the first move. And she was like, well, you're going to have to with me. I'm like, okay. Um, Set the tone. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, li really, she makes me better than I was before. You and say that. You're, you make me my best self. I left behind my worst self. I don't know how you say yeah, it exactly. It's like you make me better the best me has his arms around you. The worst me. You, yeah. It's is, long gone memory. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's just a really vulnerable, like, love song admitting that I wasn't the best you know in our relationship before but now 
you make me better than I was before. I feel like those, to have someone like you, a cute guy, breaking out in country music, to, yes, you know, can't help, born this way, <laughs> like Lady Gaga says, born this way. So, but to actually value marriage, and I feel like that's mm -hmm. something happening in country music right now, which well, I... you guys too, man. It's, it's great. It's awesome to have a community of happily married people. Well, and I just think it's so much more fun. Why would you be married if you don't enjoy being with your spouse? And right. so... It's cool to see people working it into their careers too. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's amazing. Yeah, and like now we're we're going out to shows and stuff, and I'm like, "Where's Kaylee?" <laughs> I'm like, "She's not here." <laughs> and even like with Florida Georgia Line and Thomas Rhett and Lauren yeah. and all their wives, the wives are almost just as as wildly popular as the husbands, right. which yeah. is crazy. Mm -hmm. Which also you have toured with them, all of yeah. those people, mm -hmm. Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Florida Georgia Line, Kanan yeah. Smith, a mm -hmm. you're kind of in this crew. Yeah. Did y'all come up together? How did you get in this crew? Yeah. Oh, this is a fun story. Because <laughs> it's um, a great crew to be a part of. Yeah. Well, like, so it started out, I was playing at 12th and Porter down here. And it was like one of my first shows ever. And this girl came up and she was like, hey, a couple of buddies of mine want to talk to you and like write with you and meet you. And I'm like, okay, let's. Whatever, sure, I'm here to write songs. <laughs> I'm in Nashville. And so it was Brian and Tyler. and Before like, they were Florida Georgia Line? Yeah, like they were just trying to be songwriters. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I was, like I knew I wanted to be an artist, so I was already playing shows and, you know, 10 people were there. But <laughs> Hey, you you're know, doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm doing it. And so <clears throat> we, they were like, hey, man, like we should write some songs together, come over to the house. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. And so we kind of wrote a ton of songs together, awesome songs. And I just like was, I wanted to be the artist. And so like, I just cut them all. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, we're going to do this band thing, Florida Georgia Line. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like go do your thing. And they kind of had a totally different sound than I did. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so they went out and did their thing. And then they showed me Cruise. They were like, hey, man, we just wrote this song. Like, it's freaking awesome. And I was like, dang. Holy yeah. guacamole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, and then for them, it just, like, took off so fast. And was that crazy to be yeah. in the middle of all that? Yeah, it was crazy to see them, like, just blow up. I was like, these are my boys. And, like, <laughs> now they're, they were, like, on tour with Jake Owen at the time, which, yeah. And it's just, like, hearing them on the radio, and it was just so, like, I felt like the proud little brother, you know, mm -hmm. and so because they were like a couple years ahead of me at Belmont and all that stuff, and so just to see them take off in that way was so amazing. It's so crazy, and I feel like Nashville is really amazing at, at having such a strong community of people because people really do link up and they 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 grow off of each other, they mm -hmm. get inspiration off of each other, and then all of a sudden you see this whole group of friends all making it. I feel like it happens yeah. like that a lot. Like having the music mafia. Yeah. People just stick together and then one by one they start getting mm -hmm. their own success. I feel yeah. like Nashville's so supportive. Yeah, it really is because like, I know like Jake brought FGL out on tour. Luke brought FGL out on tour. And um, I mean, you have to have the music as well, but <clears throat> it's still that. And like Thomas brought me out on tour and I know like Aldine brought him out on tour. And it's just like, it is this community of like, hey, I dig what you're doing. Come out. Let me introduce you to my fans. And, you know, it catches on. And 
like with the TR tour, like that was the biggest exposure to a, that size crowd every night. How did you I feel had. playing those shows? Amazing. It was, it was cool because like I had opened up for people before, but this one was like just a different level, and they were like all the all the fans were like into it. Like whatever Thomas Rhett brings to his show, like we're like, there. We like we're, it. Yeah, we like it. Yeah, because it's Thomas. Thomas Rhett approved. Yeah, and so yeah, it was just like it was a great. It was the incredible tour. So you've kind of done something with yours that I think is awesome. It's sort of a wedding song. Mm -hmm. And you have crashed some people's weddings mm -hmm. playing this song. Mm -hmm. How did you get that idea? And what was that feeling like? Because one of them, I think you were playing the guitar when the bride walks down and she had no idea you were mm -hmm. going to be there. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to surprise people like that? What a sweet <sighs> gift. Yeah, well, the, at first, writing, writing yours, <clears throat> It was like, we weren't like, what would a bride want to hear, like, walking down the aisle? We weren't, it wasn't that mindset at all. It was just, like, us being real and honest and just writing the best song we could. And then we released it. We released the video. Um, and then slowly but surely, it was, like, a tweet here, a tweet there. Like, hey, we just used this in our wedding song. Here's, the, here's our video of us in our first dance. And I'm just like holy cow, like, this is starting to catch on. And so this was before the EP was released, and I was like, I think we should do, like, an acoustic wedding, like, more chill version instead of, like, guitar solos and all that stuff, like a cello and some piano and stuff. So we went back and recorded the whole <clears throat> thing. Um, and, yeah, it was just still, it just, like, snowballed, and it's still still going, even getting crazier of, like, people reaching out and asking me to come play their wedding. And um, if you're listening and you <laughs> asked and we didn't respond, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's just people want to, like, have this song a part of their special day. It's the perfect day. message. Yeah. It's the message that you want. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like a lot of guys can relate to this song. Like, mm -hmm. And as as I look out and see people at my shows, it's like, a lot of like even guys, guys yeah I mean not totally but I mean there's a lot of dudes and I feel like it really connects because like it was just me being honest and like hey I wasn't Honesty the best at relationships wins. yeah I wasn't really the best at relationships but then I met the love of my life and I feel like these guys are like yeah like I feel you and like this girl changed my life and so they'll come to the shows together anyways what were we talking about how you're just surprising people's weddings yeah, and making yeah, dreams yeah. come true. Yeah, and so they'll reach out and be like, hey, can we, like, buy you a plane ticket out here and, like, surprise our wedding? And, like, I try to do as many as I can, but it's, um, you know, it's getting harder and harder to do that. But it's so fun to, like, a song that I wrote in this crappy apartment <laughs> in Nashville. And then we recorded it and, like, people are hearing it and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, People would be like, hey, we had a first dance song. Our wedding is next week, and we just heard yours, and we're changing it to oh, yours. How yeah. incredible like, is that? Your art and your words and your message Yeah, are... and I'm like, that's like the biggest day, one of the biggest days of your life, and you just changed it a week before your wedding because you heard it, and it's like, I don't know. It's just cool. Power of a song. Yeah. And the power of the truth, too. Yeah. So right before you got your break and you signed and yours came out, when you're in the wilderness 
place those two years. I love first that. Married. That's so true. It's a great word. <laughs> wilderness. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, I just got to throw in the towel? Like, did you ever have a moment where you're like, I can't do this? Not really. You never did. You no. knew that this yeah. was for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never, there was never like a plan B in my head. The B, but there was like. Do you like, think that's important to not have a plan B? Yes. Because, because like, I think it takes away from your endurance towards your plan A. Totally. Like, totally. Yeah. And so, hey. turn up. <laughs> <laughs> and drop the mic. <laughs> Um, uh, 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 super ADD. Hey, that's okay. Distracted. So don't have a plan B. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. It's like, I never, yeah, I was just like, I went to Belmont. I studied, you know, singing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I want to do. That's it. And yeah, I, I think if you have a plan B, you'll fall back on that sooner than you, you would have without having it. I love that. Okay, I'm going to do a little bit of rapid fire. Okay. And these are kind of deep words, but you're a deep person, and I know like okay. you like to talk about the soul. Mm -hmm. So, what is faith to you? Faith is what has kept me going this whole time. Trusting that what I couldn't see yet was still ahead. And how did you know that it would be there? How did you know that your faith was was legit, you know? Because it's so easy to have faith, but then to actually believe it and live it is another thing. So that's awesome. Um, it's really just kind of, I mean, the faith is that trust that that what I'm hoping for, that what I'm chasing, that what I'm desiring is going to come to me. Do you think what you desire in your heart is your calling? Yeah. And do you think we all have different desires because we all have different callings? Is that how we find our calling? Or how do you identify your calling? Yeah, I think it's the desire of your heart. You know, I feel like, me personally, I feel like God gives me that desire. There's a verse that talks about that. <clears throat> and it gets confused a lot because, like, <clears throat> it's like whatever I want, God's going to give it to me. And it's actually, like, I feel like it's the reverse of that. It's like... God gives you the desire for what you want. Okay. You know, like he gave me that desire to to be on a platform and a stage and to pursue this relentlessly because I, me personally, like didn't have, I mean, I did like at some times I was like, should I just like not keep, should I get a job? <laughs> you know, I got to support my wife, but it was never like giving up on this dream. But but yeah, I feel like that desire has just been in my heart and there was no other really way to go about it. Just stick it out and continue to have faith. Do you think some people, okay, answer this question. Some people do not pursue their calling because? Fear, fear of failure. I feel like everyone has that desire on their heart, but so many people, A, can't quite identify what it is, and they're not willing to, to search for it. Mm -hmm. But B, I wonder why everyone doesn't listen to those desires. I, I think about it. Everyone I interview in this chair is people who are following mm -hmm. their desires. But it, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And like, It's not easy. Everyone thinks, oh, your life must be easy. Look at you. you got a great wife. you got a hit song on the radio. Yeah. You're friends with all these fabulous people touring. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to follow your calling. Yeah. And 
it is <laughs> because like even like I saw my buddies blow up and I was like is that going to happen to me? Like, is that ever going to happen for me? And, but yeah, it's just staying strong and continuing just to follow that desire every single day that has brought me to. And not comparing too. I feel like that's a, that was a, that was a big thing for me is like, it's not going to happen the same way. Exactly. For anybody. It's all, every single way is different. And as much as there, you try to figure out this formula to get a hit song on the radio, it's just, it's all different. And so that was kind of the point where I was like, all right, well, like me and Kaylee, my wife, we're going to shoot a music video and we're going to put it on YouTube and that's how we're going to start doing this thing. And then there was just one thing after another, it kept growing and growing. What would you recommend for someone who doesn't, know how to to follow their calling or doesn't know what to do maybe they have an idea of what it is how would you suggest that next step how do you know the next step uh i don't think you do ever really know what the perfect next step is but just start firing just start (laughs) just start doing something i totally agree do something that's my answer do something because like we didn't know what the answer was. But you did action. Yeah, we did something. We shot a video, and and that opened the yeah, next doors. Yeah, that we shot a video, and if that wouldn't have worked, we would have come up with something. Come else. up with something else. Yeah, do a well. Like I didn't have a record deal at the time, so my plan was shoot a video for yours, shoot a video for another song we had called Blue Tacoma, shoot another video for just do this like video series, and like. I don't know. That was my plan. And then we got together with my manager and we're like, all right, we're going to record an EP. And then that EP led to getting a record deal and led to a song on the radio. And now... All because you, know, you took action. Yeah. Just do something that... And it's scary. That you think might work. And but it's it kind of scary to put yourself out there, yeah, too. Because totally. you're like, what if people judge me and think I suck or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Or it doesn't work. Yeah. You just can't worry about that, right? Exactly. That's. I mean, that's what will lead you back into the cycle of why don't why don't you think people follow their dreams look at you you're a failure yeah Yeah. okay um what is being brave to you (sighs) being brave i think it is not caring what people think about insert whatever Mm -hmm. there like not caring about what people think is one of the hardest things for me is like, what if, you know, what if they think I'm, you know, trying to, I don't know, trying to like just hang around them to be cool and be whatever, but like, or I mean, anything, anything, any, anything to do with like fear of man is, is so frustrating. And it's, I feel like everyone struggles with that. Well, have you realized kind of, I've sort of realized this over time. Whatever I think people are thinking, they're actually never thinking. Because no yeah. one's really ever even thinking right. about mm-hmm. anyone but themselves mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you think totally. that? And I feel like what that fear is is how I would view someone else in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if I keep coughing, like everyone around me is going to be like, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. This stupid yeah. stuff. I don't know. Totally. 
Totally. But you know what I mean? It's just like, and you put that on yourself. But yeah, I think the fear of man is, it's, and especially in this approval industry, like mm -hmm. you want every as many people to approve of you, listen to your song, buy your record as humanly possible. And so you want to please everyone. But, but you have to balance that wanting to please everyone mm -hmm. and wanting to stay true to yourself. Yeah. Is there a fine line, do you think? Yeah, and I think as more, the more you lean on the true to yourself line, the more successful you'll be. I agree, totally. Yeah. What do you think the point of life is? That's a big one. Mm. But I feel like That's you're gonna have deep. a great answer. The point of life. Um. I think it's to, I think it's honestly really based around like showing love in the greatest way possible to like, like with my wife, I think that the best version of our marriage is just being sacrificial and, um, yeah, just like laying down my life for her, her life for mine, this equal partnership. And like for someone who, who you know, is a single mom or, you know, insert any situation there is just using what you have to help and to change their life just because of love, because of compassion that you have you know, in your being, not just for anyone else to see it, but just because that's in your heart and that's what you want. I love that. Okay, so we're going to wrap up. You're so wise. You're so young. <laughs> so much wisdom radiating out of you. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> well, what is happiness? Actually, before we get to our last question, what is happiness to you? Uh, I think happiness is a choice. I totally agree with that. Right? Heck yeah. It is. Like happiness we is totally a choice. Yeah. You can find happiness in any situation. Do you yeah, think? Totally. Even the bad ones? Yeah. And it's it's usually like it's usually like me having to like get over my pride. Like we were talking about like a four AM, five AM flight. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh I don't I don't deserve to be up this <laughs> early. Da, da, da. And like I'm flying somewhere to play a show because this station is playing my song on the radio. And I have a top 30 single right now. Heck and like, yes. I, you know, well. No, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, you just got to look at that stuff every single time and just know that, I mean, you can find happiness in every situation. I totally agree. Okay, so I like to wrap up with leave your light. Leave mm -hmm. some inspiration of how you have been inspired and how you would like to inspire the world with your life in whatever you're putting out there. Totally. I mean, that's kind of it. Like finding, finding love and happiness in every situation. And like, like with my wife and I, we want to show the world what a great marriage looks like. And so it's not, I mean, it's not a lot of pressure, but it's like, you know, I, I want to be the best husband I can every single day. And so and the more we show the world pieces of our marriage, it's like, all right, like, I can't, I can't suck at being a husband, you know? <laughs> I got people to, like... Hold you accountable. To, yeah, to hold me accountable and to, like, inspire and just to show 
the world God's love and through our marriage. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to hear yours. Let's do it. Let's hear it. All right. Russell Dickerson, hey. check out. I was a boat stuck in a bottle that never got the chance to touch the sea. Just forgot on the ship, no wind in the sails, going nowhere with no one but me. I was one in a hundred billion, a burnout star in a galaxy. Just lost in the sky, wondering why everyone else shines out for me. But I came to life when I first kissed you The best me has his arms around you You make me better than I was before Thank God I'm yours I was a worn out set of shoes Just wandering the city streets Another face in the crowd, head looking down, lost in the sound of a lonely melody. Empty pockets at a roulette, always landing on a lost bed. And just live for the spin, hope for the wind, go all in just to lose again. But I came to life when I first kissed you. The best me has his arms around you. get his single yours ep yeah. is it the full album's coming out full album you can pre-order right now mm. 
Okay, y'all check it out. Russell Dickerson. I know that you loved that interview with Russell Dickerson. What an inspiring person. He truly is walking in his calling and he's just living such an amazing life. It was such a pleasure to interview him. You guys, I have loved having you join me this year with Get Real, the rebrand of my podcast going from hyper to get real. Thank you for following along. Next year is just going to keep getting better and better. So we'll see you in 2018. Happy holidays.